Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. You know, we've been talking the last couple of weeks about uh, just the deep value of community. And uh, so this is an important part, this little chat time. It's an important part of church, you know, church together. So we love it. All right, here's a question for you as we start off. A question for you. Why do we go to the movies? Why do we go to the movies? You can watch TV at home. You can even make your own popcorn. Why do you go to the movies? The experience. What's that? Date night. Date night. <laughs> Good idea. It's the experience. You can't beat the experience. You know, the anticipation, you know, the big screen. Get to see some trailers or some movies coming up and then the lights go down, the sound comes up and it's the movies. You know, you haven't got anyone saying, can you just pause it (laughs) while I... It's the experience. That's why you go to to live sport. You know, it's easy to watch it uh, at home. Um, But live sport, it's the, you know, it's... The experience, you know, the crowd roar and just the Mexican waves. And I, eight years ago, something very significant happened in Auckland. Um, the Cricket World Cup semi final at Eden Park, playing South Africa, New Zealand, South Africa. And, uh, and I was at the game. And New Zealand had never, ever been too into a final with the, you know, the one-day World Cup. Never been into the finals before. So it was a big... And the game was so tense. It was so close. It was back and forth the whole day. It's like a whole day of, of cricket. And I'm a bit of a cricket fan. And, uh, and at the end of the game, like... Sorry, South Africa. But we won! Like, and it was... Um, well, we, you know, uh, New Zealand. Um, and, um, and my friend... Um, that I went with, uh, he videoed the winning hit and then turned to me and recorded my reaction. And his daughter put it up on her YouTube um, channel. I was quite excited. It's had 68,000 views. I'm an influencer. <laughs> but um, you could uh, see if you can find it on, uh, on YouTube. It's like, I was going to play it, but I thought, like, no, you'll just be so distracted from the message. It's like, I was very excited. <laughs> I have to say. Um, but we love a great experience. That's why, like, if we go out for dinner, but then the food's amazing, but the chairs are hard and the music's bad and the temperature's wrong and the wait is rude, you just won't go back. It's just not a good experience. You know, we experience life. We experience life. And hear this like, God wants us to experience Him. God wants us to experience him. And the way that anyone today experiences God is by the Holy Spirit. It's by the Holy Spirit. Gordon Fee, some of you that are readers, students of theology, one of the great New Testament scholars of the last century, he wrote a massive book on the Holy Spirit called God's Empowering Presence. And uh, he opens his book by saying this. He says, I am convinced that the spirit in the Apostle Paul's experience and theology was always thought of in terms of the personal presence of God. 
The Spirit is God's way of being present, powerfully present in our lives and communities as we await the consummation of the kingdom of God. Precisely because Paul understood the Spirit as God's personal presence, Paul also understood the Spirit always in terms of an empowering presence and an experiential presence. Whatever else, for Paul, the Spirit was an experienced reality. Without an experience of the Spirit, we are living sub-New Testament lives. Pretty punchy, eh? I think for many people today, they're a little bit like um, the people that the Apostle Paul, you know, he bumped into in the city of Ephesus, you know, way back. And we read in Acts 19, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And in my, uh, I grew up in church, uh, and um, I didn't really know anything about the Holy Spirit. I'm not like, not being critical of the churches or that. It's just like, um, the way it, you know, the way it unfolded. But we're starting a new series today, uh, all about the Holy Spirit, God's empowering presence. And I'd love to pray. I'd love to pray before we start, and just just encourage you just to open your hearts to what God has for you today. So. So, glorious Heavenly Father, we come to you as your people. God, it's been so good just to worship together this morning and just lift our hearts and our thankfulness and our praise to you. I pray in this morning, God, that you would open our hearts, God, for what you have for, for us, for each one of us. God, that we would, we would just be able to know your words for us because you speak to us. You lead us, you guide us. And Holy Spirit, we do ask that you would flow in this place in a way that allows people, God, to experience you afresh this morning. Amen. I just want to say as we start, big thanks to, uh, to Rich Nathan. He's a vineyard pastor, uh, former lead pastor of the Columbus uh, Vineyard in Ohio and um, got a lot of input from this morning from him. He's a, he's a cool guy. Let me read to you Joel chapter 2. Joel's an Old Testament prophet. Old Testament is the, the scriptures we have before Jesus. And he says this. He was prophesying. He, could, he had seen something of what was ahead, what was to come. And, and afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. He's prophesying the words of God. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You know, we don't really know exactly when he prophesied, but we know that Joel prophesied hundreds of years before the birth of Christ. And in this text, Joel speaks of a future time that he calls afterward. Afterward, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. And he said, there's this future time that there's going to be this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The future, this afterward time. And the New Testament in the Bible talks about this as like the end time. It's going to be the age of the Spirit. 
the end times are going to be characterized by a profound experience of the Holy Spirit. Profound experience of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, Joel, in, in his prophetic, you know, words he he uses lots of imagery that he's taken from the exodus of God's people that out of Egypt and you know eventually into the promised land but he's saying he said just as God delivered the people back then so in the end times God is going to work a new deliverance like a new deliverance a new salvation and not just for the people of Israel so you know which was God's people but for everybody that's what we read it's for everybody And then there's a lot of Christians, they spend a lot of time thinking and writing and trying to figure out all this end times stuff. What is this end time stuff? You know, some they draw up like charts and graphs and they get all this verses out of the Bible and they, you know, they show you how sort of some, if you get some obscure scriptures and you take them completely out of context, that you'll, uh, from a prophecy in Ezekiel or Daniel or the book of Revelation, and they'll say it's, it's, it's for right now. Um, they'll take like what's happening in, in the Ukraine or what's happening in, uh, in American politics or earthquakes or what's happening in Israel um, or with COVID and they'll, they'll, they'll say this, is, this means this and this means that and uh, you know, they'll say you know, Donald Trump is the third horn of the beast. Or I don't, you know, people come up with all sorts of things and, uh, and they'll write these stories. You've seen books being written, sold millions of copies of books. People buy their books. And it can, but it, I'm saying it because it can just be all a bit confusing. It can be a bit confusing. And, uh, and if we're thinking about all and we're hearing all this and if we're not really sort of understanding, like, what is this all about? Like, we're in kind of good company because the disciples that were with Jesus, they were also had the same, you know, like, what's going to happen in Acts 1? Uh, it says, so when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. He said, but, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to all the ends of the earth. And you know what Jesus was saying to his disciples, he's saying to us, he's not saying, like, don't worry about the end time. It's good to think about the end time. It's good to, like, you know, chew on that and, you know. But what he's saying is that um, the end times, you're not going to be able to figure out the times. Um, But he says, you're right in asking me about the breaking in of the kingdom of God at the end of time. But he's also... You read in the scriptures that said the end times began with Jesus' resurrection. It's not some future, because we think like it's, it's later, but it started. Like the last 2,000 years, you read the scriptures that said that those are the end times. It talks about the last days. Those are the last, last days have been the last days for the last 2,000 years since Jesus' resurrection. Jesus is saying, I don't want you sort of wasting your time about sort of speculating and trying to figure this or date setting and focus on impossible to interpret events, you know, or obscure verses about, you know, the, um, you know, 10, 10 horns or three headed beasts. And, you know, he's just saying, this is the end times have started and it's the, the age of the Spirit of God. It's all about the Holy Spirit. If people ever ask, come and like ask you, like, what's what's with this Jesus? Like, what is it that you get from from Jesus? Why do you go to church? What's it all about? And there's these two great gifts. Like, there's the forgiveness of sins, 
And there's this gift of the, of the Holy Spirit for us. And the Holy Spirit is a gift of experiencing God. It's experiencing God. Yeah, there's... You know, in the scriptures written in the time of the early church, we can see that the Holy Spirit, it's not just like a doctrine or, or a, a creed. You know, so to many Christians, this is what, what it means to be a, a believer. It's just, it's just about doctrines and creeds. And like, it's sort of like a tick. Like you gotta, if you believe a bunch of things and get the tick, then... Um, that's how what it means. It's like, do you believe that God is the Trinity? You know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yep, tick, tick, yep. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God, our Savior? Yep, tick. Do you believe that Christ died for your sins? Yep, tick. Do you believe that Christ rose from the dead? Yep, tick. Do you, do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Yep, all of those things. Yep, but, um, but a lot of people have been told, if you just believe these things, if you just believe these things, your life will change. And then people, they look at their life and they say, but, but my life hasn't, hasn't changed. Like, what, what's, what's wrong? Because there's more to Christianity than just the things that you believe. Like, they are so important. What you believe, what is truth, what is right is so important. But there's more to Christianity. There is someone to receive. It's the Holy Spirit. Is someone to experience the Holy Spirit. I think for a lot of people, I might just jump there, but I need to see the clock and you're <laughs> there's a clock down here and Sarah just had her leg over it. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Doing a big shuffle. <laughs> I'm just trying to think like where we. Uh... What we're going to do today um, is we're going to make room to be praying for some people, and we just don't want to be talking, do all, do lots of talking, and not much praying. So I'm just trying to think like how we're going on time. So, okay, Acts chapter two. The Holy Spirit. Acts chapter two. When the day of Pentecost came. So this is. All of the followers of Jesus talks about them being together in a, in, a, in a room, an upper room, and they've been told by Jesus, "Just wait, and the, you will be given the Holy Spirit." And they didn't really know what that what that was or what they meant, but they they were together, they were praying, they were there's, there's some expectation, some uncertainty, and then we read this: when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And I know that for many of us here, we've read this in the Scriptures and it's familiar to us. But it's like, man, it's just... The whole scene just is like, wow. But we see that they're experiencing, they're experiencing God. 
in this moment. They heard something like, like it, it says it's like the sound of a rushing wind. It wasn't wind, it was the sound of rushing wind. It would have been like the sound of like a freight train, just the sound was happening. And then they saw things. They saw what appeared to be tongues of fire. It wasn't tongues of fire, but it looked like tongues of fire. And there's this speech thing where they began to like speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them, which again is amazing and really weird, but amazing. You know, filling, being filled with the, whole, the Holy Spirit is this, it's, an ex, it's a felt experience. It's an experience of God. You know, and some people in church are told, just don't worry about experiences. Don't worry about that. It's just, it's just the main thing you need to worry yourself with is the truth. And yes, yes, let's, let's be worried about the truth. Like it's, I think they're partially right. Let's, let's make sure that we're not waiting for a feeling or to sort of feel something before we, um, before we choose to do the things that God is asking of us. You know, we don't have to wait for a feeling to, um, uh, to, to stop us from like cheating on our taxes or, or stealing or, uh, or doing things that, um, you know, cheating on an exam or, or gossiping. We don't have to wait till we feel the presence of God to not do those things. We can just do, you know, do the things that uh, are the right things to do. You know, the Christian life is not about waiting around for a feeling um, bef- bef- to do what is right or good. You know, we do act. We do act based on truth. We know what God's word says about you know stuff like telling lies or sleeping with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or slandering or gossiping or you know we know what the Bible says about that. We know what God's will is. But if you've never felt or really felt the presence of God, it's not the way it's meant to be. I just want to talk to you about three things this morning about the Holy Spirit. We're going to do a series about we've got about four weeks we're going to be talking about the uh, the Holy Spirit. First thing I want to say is that we're, we're told to be led by the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit. And one way that this end time gift of the Spirit was described by the prophets before Jesus was that the Spirit would teach us and would lead us. You know, Prophet Jeremiah, 600 years before the birth of Christ, he says this, Jeremiah 31, the days are coming declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Isn't it amazing? 600 years before Jesus could see something. You know, God allowed him to see what was coming. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant. Though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it in their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach. (laughs) I don't think that was me. Like... I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbors or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. And Jeremiah is speaking about this coming time in which our relationship with God will be radically changed. It won't just be this this time of uh, doing things 
the right thing, but being in this unhappy relationship with God, um, it just felt like it's just all about like doing the right thing, and there's no you know real relationship, real connection. And Israel broke their covenant with God. It'll be a like new covenant. I'm going to bring you into a one-on-one relationship with me, so that you'll know me, and you'll. I'm going to put inside you my will and my plans and my purposes. I'm going to put them inside you so that instead of thinking like going to the rule book and thinking, what are the rules? What do I have to do? There'll just be this like, I know what is right. I know what is right. And I'm going to, and I willingly do it because I know you, God, and I love you, God. Have you ever felt anything like that where you just feel this prompting to like, I just. I just feel like I need to talk to this person. It's just being led by the Spirit, or you, you know, you're prompting. Like I just feel like I need to give some money to this thing or to that thing, or, or I just need to say no to doing this certain activity. And it's not, and it's about doing it because you want to, because of because of the Spirit in you is leading you to do that, want to do the things that please God. It's an experience. Of God is one of the experiences of God is being led by the Spirit. Another thing about I want to talk about this morning is that this this experience of having the Holy Spirit and and experiencing God in our lives, it's for everyone. It's for everyone. It's for you. If you're sitting there today thinking like I don't know if this is for me, listen to this Acts two again. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, quoting the verse we just read earlier, in the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit in those days, and they'll prophesy everybody, everybody. You know, Peter is he's actually explaining, because like people heard this this. Uh, wild thing that was happening in the upper room when at the day of Pentecost when the Spirit was brought out. And, um, and people heard them all speaking in these different tongues and, and they were going, what's going on? And he says, like, I'll tell you what's going on. This is, what's, this is what Joel prophesied about. It's happening. It's happening right here. And it was, it was happening for everyone. And, and the thing with the Spirit of God is that it's not... It's not sexist. There's no favorites in terms whether you're male or female. It's not ageist. There's no favorites in terms of whether you're young or you're old. Although, I have to say that if you're moving from visions to dreams, that's like, that's like means you're getting older, okay? <laughs> you know, men and women, even on my you know, servants, whatever that means, he's basically saying it's, it's everyone. It's everyone. You know, there was um, in... 1906, a, a black preacher called William Seymour was, um, was, was preaching an incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit in, um, uh, in Southern California, in Los Angeles, and, um, which uh, came to be known as the Azusa Street Revival, birth of the Pentecostal church. And uh, it was just incredible. And, uh, and at that time in America, the racism was outrageous like the stuff that was happening you know 
you may have heard about lynchings, but this was there was thousands of people that were just you know black people that were just it was just outrageous you know what was happening in America in terms of the racism, and in this you know there was a um, in these meetings at Azusa in in, in this revival, uh, there were blacks and whites just hugging each other, being together, loving each other in the midst of you know just so different to what the rest of America was experiencing. And a guy, that historian who wrote about it, said this: the, the, the color line is washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, it doesn't matter. How, so, like, it's it doesn't matter what color you are, what your ethnicity is, what you know, whether male or female. The spirit is for everyone. God's spirit comes on children, on our young people. We just heard, just had some great stories and great testimonies of our kids just having just some incredible encounters with the Spirit of God at Easter camp recently and since, and since. The last thing I want to talk about um, today is that the Holy Spirit brings an empowering experience. You know, we see that at Pentecost, they what seemed like tongues of fire came on um, or, or seemed to rest over them. Funny fact, um, uh, not a, I find it funny. Um, you know the uh, um, popes and bishops, in, uh, they've got the, the hats. Maybe, maybe I should get a hat like that. <laughs> that would keep me warm. But you know the shape, the shape of the hat? It's shaped to be like the tongues of fire. Because it's got a crease in it, and it's like it's shaped to be like the, the tongues of fire, to remind the the leaders of the church that they are um, people to you know that are meant to be you know helping people to to, to step into this uh, experience of the spirit of God, you know, and uh, tongues of fire. You know, the Christians are supposed to be people that are that are set on fire, you know, by the Holy Spirit. And uh, boy, you know, you look at the church today, and don't doesn't the church don't don't we need it? I mean, I have so many people I'm talking to, like, um, uh, and um, man, just the just the the deep concern for for the church, and just the deep hope that God revive us again, bring revival like we've seen in times. It's that Jesus Revolution movie that's uh, that's out and about now. Go and watch it, man. It'll stir your heart for... I mean, there's a genuine revival that's happening in that sort of late 60s, early 70s in, in America. Amazing. But we need the Holy Spirit. You know, the church needs men and women and children and that are set on fire by God. Set on fire by God. There's so much, you know, the church attendance is down and there's the media are slamming the church and, you know, and, and you know, there's this... Um, Royal Commission into Abuse at Religious Organizations that's uh, currently underway. And man, it's just, it just seems like bad news, moral corruption within the church. It seems like bad news everywhere. But, what, but church needs you know, people that are set on fire by God. And it's not, so what we need is not better techniques or a cooler website or you know, more you know, smoke machines or lasers or anything. It's, it's people being set on fire by the Holy Spirit. People being set on fire by the Holy Spirit, you know. You know, we're not expected to be people that just do this life and kind of grind it out on our own. You know, Jesus promises the Spirit to be with us. You know, Acts 1.8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. 
You know, the, the work of God comes through that. You know, you're going to get help. There's a guy called Craig Keener. He wrote a great book called The Three... Um, I better read it right here. It's The Three Crucial Questions About the Holy Spirit. But he, he, he used this illustration of like, imagine going into a town... And uh, everyone's out there, you know, they're sort of down the river and they're hand-washing their clothes and, um, you know, they're trying to keep their, their, their food cold and, uh, um, you know, they're, uh, you know, brushing the carpet. And then you go into their houses and they've got washing machines and they've got vacuum cleaners and they've got fridges. And they're going, what's wrong? What's wrong? And it's just like, what do you mean? It's just like, well, why aren't you using your appliance? He says, what do you mean? He says, well, you just, like, you just plug it in. <laughs> Oh, you know, like how crazy would that be to not have, you know, plug in these, these things? That's what it's like as, as our life of believers without the Holy Spirit. Anyway, how are we going? So anyway, let me finish this. My question for you, and then we'll get you to stand and we'll pray, is that do you want more of God's power in your life? You want more of God's power in your life, and if so, why don't we why don't we stand together, church? Why don't we stand if you're able to stand? And uh, what I want to been f- just feeling this um, this stirring in my heart, just not this week, but just for for a while now, um, but especially for this week that like for today, if you want a fresh encounter with God, or or to be prayed for, to be empowered by the Spirit, or filled with the Spirit, or baptized by the Spirit, we didn't really talk a lot about that um, today. Um, we would love to pray for you. We would love to pray for you. If that is you, if you are just, you know, we read in the Bible about times where people were prayed for and they just experienced this, this something extra. The Holy Spirit came in, in power that resulted in them having more experience of the, of the power and presence and love of God. And if, that, if you want that, what I would ask is that you come up come up to the front here. Again, nothing, not because there's anything special about being up at the front here, but it's because people can see that you're looking for prayer and can gather around you and pray. So if that's you, like just, just, just come on up. Come on up and we're going to have some people that are going to come and pray for you. If there's anyone that wants that fresh encounter of the Holy Spirit, fresh filling of the Holy Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit. We asked the youth if they wanted to come in early and Jake said like, oh please, let's. so there's a bunch of youth that are keen. I know there's lots of people here that are going like, yep, but like, it's a hard, big price to pay. I'm going to have to walk all the way up the front. Change your life. Change your life. God, we, we say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We pray that you would fill each person here, God, with the power and the fullness of your Spirit. Fill them. Fill them afresh. Where people are feeling far from you, Lord, may you come and may they experience the power, the presence of God. Thanks so much for joining us for today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. 
If you are keen to find out a little bit more about us as a church whanau or you'd like to touch base, then you can go to coast.org.nz and there you'll find information about our in-person services, online services, various resources and activities. Enjoy the day. Be blessed.